welcome to the Dallas Soccer Show. This is the match build-up show for FC Dallas for Seattle Sounders in the first round of MLS playoffs on Saturday, October 19th. I'm Dustin Nation, and joining me from the DFW Airport Admirals Club Lounge on his way back to Seattle for his monthly Starbucks injection is Jonathan Ross. How's it going, Jonathan? Man, I think you called it out. I'm excited. Going to Seattle. Actually, tomorrow night, you know, not quite in the lounge yet, but... Uh, I'm um, looking forward to going to another playoff game there and, and enjoying some cold, rainy weather. Excellent. And, dear listener, there is a special guest with us. This is a mega match buildup, which means... Mega, mega. Joining us again this week from his desk where he's coping with being kicked out of FC Dallas training for the week by actually doing his studies is Armand Kafai. Welcome back, Armand. Uh, well, I guess a uh, two-time reoccurring guest. Like, is this a, is this an honor? We may keep you. Oh, I don't know about that, Chief. <laughs> <laughs> Might be a bad decision. All right. So as I said, FC Dallas is traveling to Seattle for playoffs. The first match being on Saturday. Um, so let's let's start things off on this match build-up show just to kind of set the stage for MLS playoffs in general and take a look at um, just the whole picture, the picture as a whole, if you will. So with the playoffs starting this weekend, Jonathan, are you excited for some postseason action? Of course I am. Uh, and I mean, definitely looking forward to the FC Dallas game. I, I think the one other game that I've got my, my eye on is um, in the Western, Western conferences, RSL Portland. Uh, and I think for, you know, a key reason, which is, you know, if FC Dallas does manage to, uh, make their way through uh, through Seattle, right? That matchup is going to be the one that you know where we're going to go next. So uh, I'll be I'll definitely be keeping an eye closely on that one. I do think, to be honest, both those teams make up a better matchup for for FC Dallas than Seattle does. So I think uh, in some ways we may have ended up with the worst possible draw, um, at least for the first round matchup. Uh, but that's, I think that's the, the, the key thing other than obviously FC Dallas, which, you know, we'll, we'll talk quite a bit about today. Excellent. Armand, from a journalist perspective, from the perspective of a student of the game, what non FCD matches should we as fans be excited for and penciling in on our calendars from across all of the entire bracket? So should I, should I give one or two or... Like, I want you to I mean, give as many as you feel are necessary for us to really understand like the gravity of the 2019 MLS playoffs. Wow, that's a that's a pretty tall task. <laughs> uh, so the first game I'm specifically watching, guys, it has to be the Galaxy and Minnesota United. I'm really intrigued to see how Zlatan does in the playoffs. I'm excited to see that Minnesota crowd, you know, active and lively. The thing that sucks is, though, I mean, if you're a Cowboys fan like me, you're going to have to – I mean, I don't know if it's sacrifice because they've been so terrible his last three games. But it's all at the same time as Sunday Night Football where they play the Eagles. So that's the only thing that really conflicts there. But I'm excited to see, you know, is Minnesota actually for real? Or are the Galaxy just going to run juggernaut and, you know, knock off Minnesota and go to El Trafico to play LAFC midweek? And then I'll pick one from the Eastern Conference, too. I'm kind of intrigued by Atlanta and New England. And a lot of people are calling the two seven matchups in both conference is the most lopsided uh, matchups but it's Bruce Arena guys like this guy is a living coaching legend not the national team level uh, but he just knows how to set up a team for success and 
Atlanta has had issues, you know, breaking down teams sometimes. So I'm kind of intrigued to see if New England can you know, be compact and be composed and maybe knock off an Atlanta what would be a pretty big upset. I'm, I'm intrigued by that matchup. I don't think it will happen, but I'm pretty interested to see how that will go. Excellent. All right, so let's jump into. Well, you, you can't go straight like that, Dustin. Come on, what, what, what are you thinking? If, yeah. you, if you were going to pick, a, what, what's your? Uh, if you were going to pick one one match for there to be um, kind of an, an away win, right? So the underdog wins. Is there is there one that you're keeping an eye on that you think is the most likely to for the away team to win? It depends on how underdoggy you want to get, right? Like I think it's. There's a several like both of the the four and five seed matches. I think that the mm-hmm. five seed could come away with a win. Like either it'd be DC United against Toronto, or Minnesota versus uh, LA Galaxy. I I mean, that, is that really an upset though? Like if the five seed beats the four seed in MLS, I mean, it, yeah, technically it is. But yeah, yeah I, I I think. I think that that uh, I think the Galaxy would beat the the uh, Minnesota team there. The whose name the Loons. There we go. Yep, and that, that's um, beat Minnesota that, United. That does seem to be the one that most of the I want to say pundits, right? Most of the the people who commentate on MLS, right, are picking the the Galaxy. I I, I don't know why. I don't know if that's just because of, of Zlatan effect, and they're expecting that he's going to step up during the playoffs in the big match or what it is, but. Um, yeah, I, I would agree. That does seem just, like one of the most likely ones. I think it's just because it's, it's taken a long, like no matter what it, Minnesota does, no one's convinced by them, right? Like it, it, no one can look at that team and, and, and say, oh man, Hey, that's a good team. Right. Cause they, they've got, they're so, I don't know. They're just, they're just not convincing, but yet they're still finished fourth somehow. So yep. I don't know. I feel like it might be their coaching a little bit. I feel like Adrian Heath might not be the best coach, and the team they've assembled has been really good. It's kind of the like, anti-Lucci, you know? Like, Lucci, yep. great coach, not maybe the best squad. Uh, but in Minnesota, if you look at their squad, you got like you know, a guy like Aiko Parra, Ozzy Alonso, uh, Michael Boxel's having a great year, Darling Tintero. I mean, I can just go down and list their entire roster, and you're like, wow, that's actually a pretty good, strong team. I think their coaching is just a little something to be desired. And Matt Doyle, I think, described Minnesota so well. They don't, like, beat you. They kind of just wait for you to beat yourself, and then they pounce. <laughs> and, and, yep. and then they pounce. And, you know, I think a lot of pundits, for one, I think they want to see El Trafico. I think that's a huge mm-hmm. one. I, I think well. that's part of it, yep. That's, that's part of it. Don't you? But also, I do. I would love to see it. But also, Zlatan is one of those players where he can, like, single-handedly change a game. Like, single-handedly. I don't know. I mean – if his defense is mediocre, if right. the Galaxy's defense is like mediocre and not maybe trash, then they might they they have a pretty good chance. Because I mean, we saw what Zlatan did to LAFC in that first game. He took over and he he can take over. And there's nothing Ico Par or Michael Boxo can do to stop him if Zlatan's on his game. Now, if you had Christian Pavone, uh, you know a, a, another dynamic winger. I mean, they have Roman Alessandrini coming back. I mean, this team has. Uh, pieces and they, I think they could be a, easily a dark horse to win. Not even a dark horse, a strong candidate to win MLS yeah. Cup. But I mean, it all depends on how they do in this first game. Which I mean, it's all up to shaky, suspect defense. I would agree, man. And that's the that's that's the one the one thing that keeps letting out the Galaxy down is uh, is is letting in goals. So it'll be interesting. 
Yeah, it, isn't their defense a very expensive defense too? Yeah, it's one of the it's 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 relatively uh, you know expensive with Giancarlo Gonzalez, uh, Jurgen Schelvik. I mean Daniel Steris. Uh, I know those two Gonzalez and Schelvik. They, they they've had some pretty high fees. Uh, I, I would say I think over a million for each off the top of my head. Uh, and you know it's just it's it's been very suspect. So it was better than last year, but it's still just it's not there yet. It's not there yet. So I mean, spend your money wisely, I guess. They need a Reto Ziegler, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> they need him. We've got him. Uh, so let's. Is it, are we okay to move on to talk about FC Dallas's playoff match now? Everybody this is doing? the match build-up show, right? Okay, so let's We're build building this up. Match up. We got to start right, from a, go. you know a broad view, and you know. Okay, I just want to make sure everybody got their broadness in. All right, moving into FC Dallas versus Seattle in Seattle. Um, uh, I'll start with Seattle. Uh, so I think the thing to note here is that they are playing at home. Uh, they've got an 11 win, two loss, four draw record at home. Now, one of those draws is a nil nil draw versus FC Dallas just a couple weeks ago. Um, but that's a pretty dadgum stellar home record. You know, they've they dropped uh, doing quick maths here uh, 14 points at home. It's not a lot, right? Yeah. I think the other thing uh, to, to note is, uh, and, and I think a couple of people have commented on this, is, is Chad Marshall's retiring in, on May, in May. It seems like that they've kind of got a different defense. Like their defense has just not been there um, as a team, un, as a unit, uh, since he retired in May. Um, I actually looked up the stats for this because I was talking to um, Harrison Crow of American Soccer Analysis. And he was kind of talking about this as being an issue for, because he's a Seattle fan. He doesn't like to advertise it, but um, we were actually looking up the the numbers. And if you look at expected goals, um, they actually kind of improved without him, but you don't, it doesn't feel like it, right? It's one of those cases where the, the, the numbers and the stats kind of feel differently than the way the team performs. So um, other than that, Seattle's got a couple things going on. Uh, Nicholas Ladero is questionable for the match. And so that, that could be a potential big blow. Uh, then also they're kind of in the same situation as FC Dallas. They've got Jordan Morris off at national team camp. And we've got uh, a couple of players uh, returning from there as well. They've a player returning from there. So stuff, you know, just, just the, the weirdness of the international break is also going on for them as well. Um, one of the things that I think that, I would be watching for against Seattle is uh, Raul Ruiz Diaz. Uh, right now, he's got no goals in the last five games, so he's kind of on a little bit of a dry spell. But um, that that guy has FC Dallas's number, whether it be you know the the Ziegler red card headbutt incident or just scoring goals on us. Um, that guy always seems to turn it up against FC Dallas. Armand, what what do you think in when you think about the Seattle team? Uh, I think you have to hammer on the head when you talk about the loss of Chad Marshall. It's huge. It's very massive. And Kim Kihi and uh, Javier Arriaga, uh, botched that name. Uh, they they've kind of I didn't even know, try. They, they they've <laughs> been okay as a duo, and now they're adding Roman Torres back. Uh, you know, from his PED uh, suspension. So I mean, that might you know solidify things with his experience. But I still think the preferred 
two is uh, Kim Ki-hee and uh, Ariega. So, I mean, looking through that, I mean, that could be something where FC Dallas could potentially exploit with uh, th- those center backs and having a guy like Cobra uh, who uh, didn't play uh, in the last matchup, the nil-nil draw, uh, having him maybe occupy those center backs. I mean, I mean Seattle's d- a dangerous team, but the one thing I'd look at and the one thing my good friend Joseph Lowry at Joe and Cleats always hampers on is how they use their fullbacks and they overload the wings and the fullbacks with Brad Smith. Uh, I think it's Leardam on the right-hand side and Jordan Morris. I can't remember who the uh, left wing is off the, off the top of my head, but they overload those sides. And if, you know, Dallas is lazy, if, you know, Michael Barrios doesn't track back or if, uh, you know, if Santi Mosquera starts, if he doesn't track back, then they, they might exploit that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, very interesting. Uh, let's switch. And speaking of, of FC Dallas and our players, let's talk a little bit about FC Dallas and, and the things that are going on here in Frisco leading up to this match. Jonathan, you want to run us through those? Yeah, just a, just a couple of quick things I wanted to touch on. So um, one thing from a statistics perspective, uh, I think seven and seven, is the the key number and i'm sure both of you guys might even know what that already is when that's you know seven goals from cobra in the last seven games played right so uh, well last seven games played for fc dallas that is right um because we saw what he did when he went uh went to europe uh and he played for the czech republic over the week so that's what i mean go ahead yeah i'm just saying like what a what a story that guy is right and you almost had to stop. Let's 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 stop down for a second. I mean, I don't know if you guys watched that match, but but the man that that uh, sub that he made in in the game against England, um, I think it's like the 65th minute, and then you know, oh, it was a very Cobra esque performance, right? He got like three touches. Like he, his very first touch, I think he forced a corner. Um, then he had like you know two or three other little touches, and then all of a sudden, uh, you know that. Yeah, he he got that goal, but he also, if if you go back and look at that play, he actually was the one that forced the turnover, right? So it was him rushing the England goalkeeper that forced him to kick it and cause a turnover, right? They pass Mm -hmm. it to Cobra, and Cobra gets his goal, and it's it's uh, it's 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 was a fun thing to watch his face, and then you know hear you know after the fact him talking about you know his dad crying for the first time in his life and things like that. You know, it is a it is a, a pretty cool story that's come out of this season. Yeah, we talk about it all the time on the show. Like, there's, that guy's just so easy to like. So, and and you know, players are even easier to like when they're scoring goals. So, so, so I'm gonna, so I'm gonna have him as as my uh, uh, as my my key player to watch um, for 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 this match. Um, one one thing I wanted to, to 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 throw to you guys too is you know as we're going in before we get into lineups as we're going into um, the the first round of the playoffs for FC Dallas. Maybe there'll be more. Maybe there won't. Um, is there one player that you guys are looking at that you think needs to have just an outstanding performance for this team to have a chance? I'll throw it to you one. first, Armand. I have right. one. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think uh, Matt Hedges. I think defensively they have to be sound, and Hedges, you know, has been, you know. The, you know, even the SKC match, I don't know if y'all remember, there was a couple of some errors uh, made that, you know, they didn't cost FC Dallas or anything, but they're kind of just, you know, a little bit lazy, a little sloppy. I mean, Hedges is a guy who's been there, done that in, you know, tough environments, uh, in the playoffs as well. I mean, Ziegler has only played in, that, in the uh, 
2-1 loss against Portland last year uh, in the knockout round game. But, you know, Hedges has played in Seattle in the playoffs. And, you know, this is a time for him, you know, to be a strong, you know, MLS best 11 uh, defender of the year caliber player. Yep. This is his time. I think they need him, uh, uh, importantly, to, you know, set that standard and go. Because, I mean, look, if you have, if, you know, if a guy like Hollingshead or Cannon messes up, Hedges has to be there, you know, be his cover and, you know, cover and cover up those mistakes so i think a guy like matt hedges you know I, it's uh it's it's a name that i haven't said you know it has to be a key player in a long time o- overall i'm talking about the game but especially in a, a match like seattle uh in a road environment in a playoff game it has to be him and that defense yeah you almost have to be thinking defense when you go into the playoffs right because the, the games the games change right so we always talk about man of the match right man of the match is almost always an offensive player whoever scores a goal or whatever right um, but if you're talking key player for the playoffs, Dustin, I mean, what are, what's your, what's your thought? Are you thinking it's a defender? Are you thinking it's somebody else? No, like my first thought immediately went to defense as well, but I, I don't think it's like a defender. I think it's Brian Acosta. I think it's the guy who's covering, like providing that cover in front of the defense and being that first line of, of stopping the possession of, of Seattle. I, I think they like to play a very possessive possession oriented game at home. And, you know, Dallas is going to have to weather a couple storms and they're going to try to bring it in through that middle where Brian Acosta is going to have to shut him down and how well he's able to to clog that middle and and play the defensive midfield role is going to be it's going to have a direct effect on how well the defense plays and how well the, the defense has to react to things and how um, just how things go for FC Dallas, I think. Yeah, and it's it's funny because I think we're all because when when I thought about this too, right? We all we all picked a, a player right up the spine, right? My, my thought was my first thought was uh, was Jesse, right? Which is hey, in the end, goalkeeper, right? You, you know, some of these games are going to end up you know one zero, whatever, right? Um, Jesse has an awesome game, right? Which he's had a few of those this year, where he's just you know being a beast, <laughs> not you know deflecting shots, making double saves, or you know you know just takes half a second, right? Especially for a goalkeeper um, to, to make a difference in, in a game, especially when you're away, which FC Dallas will be for the entire se- series, right? Um, you know, leaking a goal at any point is going to be, you know, a huge impact. So uh, it's, it, it is interesting that we're all kind of thinking, thinking right up the core of the defense. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be pivotal. Thinking about the players themselves, though. So um, I'll go real quick through for those of you guys who can't remember, because it's been almost two weeks since FC Dallas uh, uh, annihilated uh, supporting Kansas City six to nothing. Um, I'll go just refresh on kind of what the lineup was. Uh, so obviously Jesse was was in goal. Uh, we had our normal starting back four, which is uh, Hollingshead, Ziegler, Hedges, and Cannon, uh, Cervania and Acosta as kind of the uh, the dual eights or eight six, whatever we want to, whatever we want to say it is. Um, Jesus as the ten. Uh, the one kind of key change last time was we had Mascara come in on the left wing um, to join uh, Mikey Barrios and Cobra uh, up top. So, Armand, you are our you know super guest. You know, last time you joined the match build up show, FC Dallas won six to zero. So you know, no no pressure. Um, what as you. As you look at that lineup and think about, you know, all the stuff you've seen in practice this week, <laughs> what do you what are you thinking Lucci's gonna do? Yeah, so let's let's take a moment. Uh generally we don't let Armand 
do predictions because he goes to practice and sees the game. Practices were closed all week, and so Armand is flying just as blind as the rest of us. So he's going to go off his journalistic instinct. His yeah, yeah. So I'm yeah, so I'm kind of doing it differently this week. Um, I mean, first off, uh, you know, let's let's make a little bit of a big deal of the fact that they closed practices all week. That yep. I think is a sign because uh, uh, for the listeners who don't know that that doesn't happen. Like this is the first time all season every single practice has been closed. That's why you're able to read Buzz practice observations. That's why I'm not on this show because they ha- they usually leave it open for media to go observe. And this week said no. Um, I mean, looking at that first off, you might think they have a specific plan. There might be mm-hmm. something specific. They might have a trick up his sleeve. And you know, hearing what Lucci says a little bit, I feel like they might have a trick up their sleeve. I don't. And the thing is, I can't pinpoint what it is. I really can't. I like, mean, uh, last time we went there, they started Barrios up top, right? Uh, so I mean, is that something but, they're going to do this time? But 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 I mean, let's. I mean, let's just talk it through. I don't. Th- there's almost no way they can do that. I don't think so. The, with no. the form that uh, Zendinik Andrasik is in, yep. you have to put him on the field. There is not a single chance. So, I mean, starting. I think my biggest thing is, it's. I think it's where's Paxton going to play? I think that's that's my question. And I think, honestly, you go with the same look that you went with against Seattle. Like, actually, that nil-nil draw. You have Paxton at that left wing so he can track back and watch out for his overloading fullbacks that that they uh, are so well-known for. I mean, you can go through and look at their highlights. They just go through those wings and go boom, boom, overload. If you have a guy like Mosquera there, he's a little lazy on the defensive end. And, look, you can have one lazy player, like with a Barrios, you know, on, on the wing. But you can't have two lazy players on the wings. So that that's my question. Where is Paxton going to play? And when I look at the defense, I don't think you change up the defense. I think that that'd be stupid. But right against was it was it against you know Atlanta United where they switched like a three back line at one point, like a five back a five man back line. Yep. So like there, there's all these things like oh what trick does Lucci have up his sleeve? And I'm trying to figure it out. But honestly, I think you know if if I'm here to predict my lineup, uh, you I go. Uh, same back line and goalkeeper, Hollingshead, Ziegler, Hedges, Cannon, Jesse Gonzalez and goal, Brian Acosta and Brandon Cervania and Jesus Ferrer in the midfield, and then Paxson at the left wing, uh, Cobra up top, and Barros at right wing. I think you should have the fourth so you could just You should have just started and said, hey, it's, it's what you predicted last time, Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> I want to make it drama. I'm, I'm, just, make it I'm, just, drama. I'm just kidding, man. So, so, so Dustin, I mean, were you – you know, were you uh, contemplating, you know, big changes? You are you agreeing with Armand? What do, what are you what are you thinking? I mean, I'm I'm thinking all the things that he said, like what what is up his sleeve? Or is it just that he wanted to give you know, maybe there's something tactically maybe not in the in the formation wise, but maybe tactically or set piece wise that they wanted to practice that no they didn't want anybody to see. I don't know. I have a hard time believing that it's going to be putting Barrios up top. Just 100% Andresic's got to play. And I'm looking at everything and the way things are going. I, I'm I'm right there with you, Armand. That that lineup, the same one as last week, except for putting Paxton on the wing instead of Santi Mascara. That that's that's what I'm going with. I I can't see any other way. And if we get a surprise, cool. 
but I, I think that's what I think that's what we'll end up with. Question for you guys: What about uh, Cannon? So last time Cannon came back from national team duty, he didn't look good. Do we think? I, I know he didn't play in the you know this destruction of the, that you know Canadian national team did to the U.S. You know, last night, um, but. I know it takes a lot out of them to go and, and do those national team practices a lot faster. I think it's a lot uh, more intense for, for, for him, I think both physically and mentally. Do we, you know, d- does Brisson maybe make that start at right back? Or do you think, or do you think it's going to be canon? Uh, no, I think, I think, I think you're, I think you're going to echo what I'm about to say, Dustin, even though I'm frozen on the screen right now. Uh, I think it. You have to go, Reggie. I think you have to. Uh, yeah. Brisson, uh, as much as I, uh, in, you know, I, I've liked his play. He's a little too reckless for me, uh, mm-hmm. and especially in a playoff game, that scares me. And I think you, you have to go with your best lineup um, that you think is going to win you the game. And I think Reggie's the best right back on this roster that can help you win this game. No, totally agree. He, he's gonna, he's gonna show up. He's gonna play. I, he's. He didn't play in the in the game against Canada, so I mean it's not like he's going to be turning around and jumping a flight and then coming and playing another one right away. Um, he'll have had some training sessions since the Cuba match, but he won't have had like ninety minutes of game type atmosphere. The that does though, and we already talked about Cobra and him. Mm-hmm needing to start it does bring up the fact that um and i, I kind of talked about this a little bit on twitter um the, the guy's coming from halfway across the world he's he's flying out on uh on a tuesday he's showing up at practice on a wednesday and they're leaving after practice on thursday to go to seattle so i mean that guy He's going to, I can't imagine, like, I can't imagine playing two, two international matches and then getting on a plane for like at least a half a day and then getting on another plane, right? About as far as FC Dallas travels um, and and playing in another playoff match. That's just insane. Um, I think he's up for it. I think he'll do it. But like, does it affect his play? Yeah, well, it's, I yeah. Know. I mean, it's like you said, right? I mean, it's not just the the, the travel, but it's, it is you know a nine hour difference, right? Which is which is you know a, quite a bit of an impact to um, to your body. And then um, you're going in where the, I mean, the nice thing about the last two weeks for Lucci is that he's got he's had the majority of his team there with him, right? Um, mm-hmm. So other than you know, we had, you know, Reggie, at least people that we think are going to start, right? Um, you know, Reggie, you know, was gone and Cobra were gone, right? So those. So they did not get to participate in those full two weeks, right? So that's something that I know in the past, at least, um, you know, Lucci wouldn't wouldn't start somebody that didn't participate in practice during the week, right? So if you didn't get cleared from injury, right, by you know Thursday, you know maybe Friday at the latest, right, then you're not gonna you're not gonna start, right? That's just he, he wants you to participate in the build up for the game and and understand, you know, watch tape, take, participate in the in the drills, et cetera, right? So. I don't know if that feeds in with with Cobra actually being here on Wednesday. That's probably a good thing, right? So it means he's at least got Wednesday, Thursday, and then I, they, I think they're flying Thursday night because I think I, th- I think there's a yeah Thursday more afternoon. I think they're flying <laughs> charter, charter actually for this one. So okay. uh, yeah, because they always leave two days before when they're adjusting for time zones. So yes. 
There you go. Um, well, before we move on, I'm not going to let you get away with it this e- this easily. Jonathan, you're trying to sneak away without giving I, your no, money. I'm not trying to. It's it's pretty funny because I would say, I mean, I, I think uh, as Armand was going through his wandering mind of you know, Atlanta, <laughs> I was Atlanta, thinking out loud. <laughs> to, to, to be honest, I went through that exact same path. I was like, because so the, the thing I I struggled with coming up with the prediction was really um, with this being a playoff game. I think that playing compact, right? And looking for just, you know, a one-off opportunity, like what, what we tried, what, what FC Dallas tried to do in Seattle last time with Mikey up top. I mean, that isn't a bad strategy. It really, it really isn't. But like you, like you said, how do you not start Cobra, right? I mean, that's, I mean, a, a guy that's in that much form. And honestly, if FC Dallas is going to make it far in the playoffs, yes, we talked about core people on the defense, but, you know, Cobra's kind of that, yeah, you know, that guy who's I don't know. He's he's got something special that's that's I think pushed uh, FC Dallas, you know, you know, above the playoff line over the last, you know, couple of months. So, uh you y- you do have to ride that. So, uh yeah, so basically what I'm saying is yeah, I agree with you guys. So, we're we're uh, uh triple boring. improving the same the the same lineup um and uh so you know, at least at least we got that. At least we at least we can all be right together. You're not gonna. You're not gonna predict. Predict. Uh, I don't know. Who's that summer signing we have? You're not gonna predict he he starts. No, I. Th- I, I think. Well, I, I was. I thought about you not, know. Not Jossie, but the other guy. You know, I was actually. Well, actually, what my first thought was, I was like, well, you know, we can't. You know, we need somebody big up there. I mean, we've got this Christian Coman guy. I was like, maybe we, he's he's faster than Cobra, right? So maybe we'll start him in the playoffs. No, uh, no, it's it's. It's it's got to be the same uh, the the same eleven as last week, other than you know Paxton for uh, uh, mascara mascara. Thank you. I was like Zanti Zanti. Yep. Yeah. No. Speaking of Coleman, like I don't know about y'all, I was disappointed he didn't make it into that six nil match. I, I just would have liked to have seen him. I mean, we think we all think he's going to be gone after this season. So like, yeah. it would have been nice to see him get like at least a little bit of a send off, you know, and a little bit of hat tip moment. But so I, I don't know if y'all thought about this, but let me throw us out there. So uh, listeners, I haven't told them this. So let's see if they got there. You know, uh-uh. so, uh, who is going to replace Pepe on the bench? Why can't it be Pepe? Oh, wait, wait, wait. Pepe's he's, yeah, he's U17 World Cup. So I'll help y'all mm-hmm. out. Cause I've been thinking about this a lot. I don't know why. You're gonna, uh, you're gonna I, answer your own question, Armand? Come on. Yeah, it's kind of fun. I don't know. Uh, I uh, think it's Brian Reynolds because Lucci likes him as that like versatile, like substitute, a, like on the defensive yep. end and the forward end. And you know what? I don't think you need him for North Texas SC. Uh, I mean, if he's if he's gonna play in a playoff game, you're gonna want to play in a playoff game over North Texas SC. So I mean, hot take. I think that's what we see. Cause I think Coleman's on the bench in the SKC match as well. So it won't be him. I think it will be a guy like a Reynolds uh, in, in in there. I mean, that's just my guess. I don't know why I really want to say it, and it's kind of fun. But, I mean, that, that's who I'm thinking. Are you all thinking anyone else? I can't remember who played it. Was Cyril on the bench last <laughs> week or two weeks ago? Did he play? Was he on the bench? No, I, I, he, was play with, he played with North Texas. I know he played with North Texas over the weekend. I was just trying to think if he played with uh, – with if he was on the bench for FCD as well. I know Ja'Cory was. Is, is, is Baji injured? Baji could be, but I don't know if he's cleared yet. Okay. Well, if Baji's cleared, I think it's him. Yeah, that would but, that would make sense. Um, 
No, I, I like the Brian Reynolds shout. I know that that Lucci really likes Brian Reynolds, and you know, I think that we talked about it last week with uh, the Reggie Cannon contract situation, where like what what is uh, why has Cannon of all of the, the homegrowns not been signed to an extension? And I, I think the answer is that that Lucci really likes Brian Reynolds and is kind of trying to ease him into playing time in MLS to try to maybe take up that position whenever Cannon leaves. Oh, you, so, so, so you think that uh, Cannon not signing extension is an FC Dallas choice versus a Cannon choice? So uh, not an extension, sorry, because yeah. I know he's still got a couple years, but yeah. So, so, to, so to jump in, uh, Sam Stage got an article last or this week where it actually almost echoed literally exactly what I said, uh, where he talked about how uh, Dallas doesn't think he's – they don't know his value. They don't want to pay him that much uh, for an expendable uh, position. I don't think that's the exact word, but that's basically no, what it was. He basically said that in the world of a salary cap league, you don't want to spend that kind of money on a right back. You want to spend it on a skilled position. Not that it's Whoa. unskilled, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> D Nation with the uh, with the the hot. Dog. No, I didn't say that. Sam said that. <laughs> well, way to hide behind Sam. We know how you yeah. feel, Dustin. Don't worry, we'll tell Reggie next time we see him. But no, honestly, if you that that does make sense to to a degree, right? If you look at the academy and who's playing in in NTSC, right? Um, but we've we've got reasonable depth across the whole back line, right? Um, and heck, even the midfield, right? I think that there's, you know, if you think about people like Thomas Roberts coming up, hopefully at some point, or um, Artero on the on the wings, right? There's there there is there's some good players in in NTSE. Um, so at some point too, if you don't uh, if you don't let your players move on, you're not going to be able to bring up that next round of homegrown. So um, so I could see that being part of that decision too. For sure. All right. Well, we've really steered away from lineup predictions here, but it's a fun conversation. Uh, let's get us, ourselves back on track. In in this match, let's go around and do some scoring predictions before we head out. Jonathan, we'll start with you since you're going to be in the at the match in Seattle. What do you think that you will see on the scoreboards there as the time ticks off the clock? I'm going to see a final score of two to one where the fourth youngest playoff team ever makes it for, through the first round, meaning FC Dallas. So I'm I'm going out and I'm saying, you know, FC Dallas is actually going to get that um, second win in Seattle all time um, to, you know, just to, 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 to one up the, the draw they got last time. Well, they did win in the preseason. Does that count? Uh, it does not. Oh. Armand, I'm going to, since I'm, I'm talking here, I'm going to ask you, what's your prediction? So, you know, at first I've been you know, flip-flopping. I, I, you know, I was thinking Seattle 2-0, but I talked to those guys on Tuesday and they really instilled a little bit of a belief in me that it's not an underdog role. Like, they do not feel like the underdogs, like, at all. They, I remember I asked one of the players, I was like, yo, like, this is a lopsided game. They said, why? Why, why is everyone thinking it's going to be, like, the biggest upset in the playoffs like why we, we we beat them we we drew them in our two games i was like i don't know man and you know what that instilled that belief really has me intrigued that this game will go to overtime and 1-1 and seattle will score a goal and it'll be 2-1 and fc dallas's <laughs> playoff dreams will end and uh yeah i have to hype y'all up but you know i see it 2-1 man, actually man, 
I was on the edge of my seat waiting I was like, for Armand to be optimistic. I was like, was what like, in the world, Armand? I was like, <laughs> I, I do like the idea that I, I guess one, one of the side effects of the that young team is, um, you know, they're not going in with some of those past experiences and, you know, they, Maybe the maybe they're not going in with the negative thoughts about oh well you know FC Dallas in the past hasn't right it's it's about this year because for a lot of those guys it this is their first year right so that's it'll be fun that's my first, I think yeah. it'll be a fun game I I, I I I I certainly hope so I think what we've seen with FC Dallas though right is sometimes when they go down they go down big right which is you know one of the reasons why I do hope that they're a little bit more compact than yeah. they do sometimes going mm-hmm. out. Yeah, and to your point, I think that's because they're young, right? Like they just don't know how to handle going down early, right? And they don't know how to how to do how to, I guess, mentally come back when that happens. I mean, yeah. we've seen it several times, um, and I, I think it does have to do with their youth and, and experience. But Seattle is a really tough matchup, I think, for a possession-based team like FC Dallas. Right? It's tough to build up through the middle. Right. So I think no matter what we see, it's going to be a lot of maybe not lobbing. Right. But uh, I doubt I think we'll probably play over versus through quite a bit. Right. Or or up the wings. Right. So uh, and as they go up the wings, you know, what what do you think, Dustin? What, are we going to we're going to see a, an FC Dallas win? Um, I think that FC Dallas will surprise the world and score first. And then I think that. Seattle will come back and tie it up and then Seattle will nick a late winner and it will be two to one Seattle. Um, but I think that FC Dallas will do themselves proud in the process. And I don't think that they'll be ashamed by any means. I don't think that, you know, they'll get crushed or feel like it, it was a lopsided game. I, I agree with Armand. I think it will be a fun game and I think it will surprise people. Um, just some of the battles that will be going on in the middle of the field, like you talked about, and um, on the flanks, I, I think it'll just be a, just a good game. That being said, I'm not going to get to watch it live. Uh, Tristan, our other co-host, is coming over to to our house for a a uh, sip and see. And if listeners are single and don't know what that means, it means that people are going to come look at his new baby and drink wine. And while they do it, I've actually never and heard that in my life. Right. I, I didn't either. When Dustin <laughs> mentioned it last time, I was like, I, I think you made that up, man. No, I didn't make it up. Uh, so I, I will be hosting a bunch of people and hanging out with Tristan and his cool little baby. Um, and uh, maybe I can convince the wife to, to sneak the game on for us guys, but we'll, we'll see. So um, I'll probably turn off my phone and all that and, and try to probably a good idea. I was just about to yeah. tell you, I was going to text you and let you know how it was going. <laughs> You jerk. Oh, I'll definitely not call you and let you know how it's going. Make it even worse. Uh, well, I'll just do do like normal and not answer. Oh. Oh. <laughs> wow, you were shunned, Armand. Yeah. <clears throat> on that All right. note. All right, and you can catch us online as at Dallas Soccer Show on Twitter. Let us know what you think we did. We got. Let us know what you think we got right, what we got wrong. Give us any of your comments, what you think is going to happen in the match. And you can catch us on our website at dallassoccershow.com. Thank you so much for listening this week, and hopefully we'll have a preview for the next FC Dallas match next week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.